Hello, we are glad you're listening to this message by Dr. M. Oladoyin Odubanjo. You are sure to receive God's whole counsel for your life, family, work, and all that concerns you in these contemporary times. So tonight I want to teach on, or to teach, I, well, I'm not sure we have much time, on what I titled, What Have You Done With Joy? Please ask your neighbor, say, what have you done with joy? Actually, many, many years ago, well over a decade ago, I wrote a tract exactly titled that, What Have You Done With Joy? You know, um, not joy as your friend joy, uh, but joy as joy joy. Amen. You know, what have you done with joy, joy? Look at your neighbor and smile and say, what have you done with joy? Yeah, there are people who think that it's a virtue, you know, to have a hard face and just look straight. They think it's a virtue. <laughs> Actually, I am guilty, okay? That many years ago, that's the way I was. I say, if I, I would say it, I say, to say it, uh, it's a blessing that I have my hard face. You know, it's a blessing. I don't smile. I, I didn't used to smile, believe it or not. You know, I just look at people straight. You think I'm military or something. I just straight. And if you don't believe me, well, you see, there, I had a friend. Uh, you know him, Dr. Padiola is my very good friend. And in those days in the university, I had a girlfriend. Okay. And this girlfriend he had, you know, in her early years in university. I mean, so this is my good friend, and this is his girlfriend, okay? Uh, but she couldn't talk to me, okay? And um, one day she greeted me, you know, and I greeted her, you know. And um, so we went to visit her one evening, and then she was talking to me. She said, you know, you know how much faith it took to be able to greet you. She said, I was psyching myself up. I had been psyching myself up. I'm going to greet him tomorrow. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> when you start rehearsing. That, and all the greeting you want to greet me tomorrow is high. Not that she's going to start asking me anything, you know, where have you been? No, no, no. The greeting is she wants to say hi to me tomorrow. So she was psyching herself up that I'm going to say hi to him tomorrow. <laughs> but that's how bad I was, okay? So when I say, I used to say that God me with a hard face. That's what I used to say. Uh, because he helped me to, you know, weed away people. You know, don't, don't copy that. That's not exactly right. Okay, but that's what I used to say. Philosophy. But here in, in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So what had happened here, if you have a Bible like mine, about that chapter 8 from the very beginning, what had happened was that Ezra, who was a leader there, you know, read to them, Ezra was a priest, read to them from the law of God. So these were the children of Israel, they had been in captivity, they came back to their land that was destroyed. You know, they came back to their land that, that was destroyed. And on this day, Ezra read to them from God's book. So I can imagine that they, they had all kinds of things. They had how they had departed from God. They had how they had missed God. Uh, people were very sad, you know. So they were going to be very sorrowful, you know, the usual morning and blah, blah, blah. And then 
Nehemiah said to them, no, 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 you don't do that. Don't be sorrowful. Do not sorrow. He said what? For. The word for is important. He said, do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is... Do not sorrow also means because. Okay? So he was saying, do not sorrow because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's exactly why I'm asking you, what have you done with joy? Uh, we, we take some of the simple things from God's word, we take them lightly. Okay? We take joy lightly, for instance. Uh, we take love lightly. Uh, if we begin to talk about miracles, people get serious. If we talk about prayer, mountain moving prayers, people get serious. You know, uh, power must change hands. Hey, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Trample your enemy. You know, people get serious. This is serious matter he's talking about. Uh, but then we, the, sometimes we think are not serious matter are actually very serious. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Speaking once, the Pharisees were thinking and talking to him. And Jesus said, hey, you guys are tithing. You are expert tithers. You tithe even the leaves of the plants. He said, but you have left the weightier matters of the law. Which is what? He, you know, those kind of things. He said, you have left them. He, he said, you are not supposed to not tithe, but you are not supposed to have ignored the weightier. Can I hear you say weightier? Again, if you read the Bible, the, the, uh, I'm sure you come across that scripture, that's for Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians. For, where it says that the kingdom of God is what? Is love, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Love, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. No, that, that's a very interesting because if the Bible says that this is what the kingdom is, this is what constitutes this kingdom, this is what makes up the kingdom of God, it is love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. He's not talking about all the many things we'll be thinking about, but he's saying this really is the core substance of what the kingdom is made up of. Are you there? So, joy is serious matter. He said, do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Think of it like, um, like Samson's long hair. You know, if you think about Samson, I'm sure you know his story. They told him he's going to be a Nazarene or Nazarite from his birth. Uh, and so do not cut his hair and all of that. And they didn't cut it until it got into the hands of this lady who said, tell me the secret of your strength, whereby you may be entangled. Okay? And then he, finally, after much persuasion, he said to her, it's my hair. If you cut off my hair, then I lose the power. Okay? And that's all she had to do, is just give him a good haircut. And at the end of the day, he lost the power. Are you there? So, if you say that the joy of the Lord is your strength, then the joy of the Lord are like the locks of air of, of Samson. Are you hear what I'm saying? So, the joy of the Lord is our own lock of air on our head. That's what that scripture is basically referring to. Meaning that, just like Samson had to protect that secret, you and I have a duty to protect our joy. Are you with me? You and I have a secret to protect our joy. What I'm saying is to use this, is that it's not to be taken for granted. Uh, that you, you can go around for days and say, I'm depressed. You can sit around for hours and say, I'm just not happy. And you wallow in that unhappiness. I'm saying to you that you are at great risk because you have just lost your strength. Are you still there? And in that moment of not having your strength could be the moment when the enemy strikes you. Do you, are, you, are you here tonight, anybody? Are you here? Okay, almost again like Gideon. Gideon was going to battle. God said, the people that are with you are too many. 
He said, I want to reduce them. Okay? So he told him how to reduce the people, tell them anybody who has just married, who has just done this, and blah, 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 they can go back home. Most of the people went back home. Okay? Then he said again, there are still too many. I still need to reduce that army. He said, because if I deliver the enemy into your hands this way, then the people will think that it's their own strength, because there were many. He said, so I want to reduce it further, to where you will know when you win that battle that it couldn't have been you. Now, that, that should tell you sometimes about how God thinks. Okay? Sometimes you are faced with things, you think this is more than you, exactly so. But it's not bigger than God. And He has you right where He needs you to be, where you will look up to Him and He will make things work for you. Are you hear what I'm saying? And by no means can you conjure a testimony and just say, hey, let's just say, hey, anyway, God, God help me, Sha. No, 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 no. There's no God help me, Sha. This one you will say, ah, if, I, if it had not been God, I'd have been finished. Are you there? But where I'm going is this. When he said, I will reduce them for that, he said, this is how I'm going to do it. Take them to the riverside. He said, anybody who sits, who, who gets on the floor and begins to lap water, he said, send them back home. Okay? What does that mean? Basically, he's saying, I want people who are ready all of the time. Okay? I want people who, are, who never let down at any time. So we are looking for people who are going to get to the riverside. They are thirsty. They are in the desert. But they will take one knee, kneel down, and be taking water. But they are ready. They are ready. They are taking the water, but they are ready. They are ever ready like the Boy Scout. Are you hear what I'm saying? God said, it's those people I'm going to use. So I'm saying to you that when you let go of joy, when you wallow in unhappiness, you are at great risk. God is saying, those kind of people who are just there, <laughs> they are so thirsty, they are not looking. What if an enemy was coming behind them? But the guy who knows, I'm thirsty quite alright, but I am at war. I need to be ready. I need to be ready. I need to keep checking while I'm drinking my water and all of that. God said, that's the guy I can use. Are you there? Joy is your strength. The joy of the Lord is what? Is your strength. Now, the, the, the Bible is so, so particular about this that he instructs us again and again. But like I said, uh, uh, we take certain things for granted, so we ignore them. Okay? For me, it's, a, it's, it's, it's something I don't allow. I don't allow it, that I'm upset about something. I find a way to get out of it as quickly as I possibly can uh, because I'm losing time and I'm at risk at that point. At that point, you are not your sharpest. Are you getting what I'm saying? At that point, you are not hearing God. Sometimes it's just out of what? Anger or something. You are angry at someone or whatever, so you are so upset and this and that. And at that time, you can do anything. And guess what? You can do anything that you, you regret. Are you with me? That's what I mean by you are at great risk. At that time, you, if God was telling you something, you are not likely to listen to what he was saying. Hmm? But God is so emphatic about this that he repeats himself. He repeats himself about what he's saying to us. So go to, go, go to um, Philippians 4. Philippians, the fourth chapter. Because in, in that same light, basically, God begins to talk to us about how we must be joyful, <laughs> not even most of the time, but all of the time. Are you with me? 
Philippians 4 and 1 Thessalonians 5. That's what we're going to look at. Philippians 4 and 1 Thessalonians, what? Chapter 5. Go to 1 Thessalonians, what? No, Philippians 4. Philippians 4, there. That first. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Are you there? It says what? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say what? Rejoice. Please say that again. Say, rejoice in the Lord. Come on, try it one more time. Rejoice in the Lord always. How often are we meant to rejoice? Most of the time. Some time of the day. In the morning at least. Before the car splashes water on you. As you go on the road. Are you with me? Before that taxi or conductor annoys you. Rejoice in the Lord in the morning. Uh, before you have too many hours in the mad Lagos that you live in. He said what? Rejoice in the Lord always. And what again I say to you. I'm trying to get you to see the sense in which this is being written. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, again, for emphasis sake, I say to you what? Rejoice. Now look at 1 Thessalonians 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Are you there? Okay, look at verse 16. Again, simple instruction. Rejoice always. You know what is interesting to me? Is that it looks like God doesn't seem to care about my environment. Are you there? And I'm very much convinced that God doesn't know the people I have to deal with. Have it? <laughs> he knows everybody. Uh, he knows all of those annoying people that I, you can't stand. Nobody can stand them. God knows them. And yet God speaks and he says what? Rejoice always. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. I, I know when we were in medical school, I had um, one day I was coming out from this um, test hall, you know. And one person was like, how was it? I was like, I said, fine, you know. And somebody else was like, don't listen to him more. I mean, because the person was looking, you know, I'm trying to see my face as I spoke. And I said, don't look at his face. So you will never know. <laughs> you will never know. You know, if you try to determine what is going on from this guy, you better look at the other people who are coming out. So you will know how difficult or easy it was. But this guy, you will never know. This guy will confuse you completely. Are you there? And, I, 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 and yes, I did confuse people. Are you with me? When we were in our what, third year, we wrote our first professional exam. And I failed. I failed, I, I failed two courses out of three, which uh, basically meant that I would have to repeat the class. And um, that evening, we had fellowship and I was a preacher. Okay? So that evening, I was a preacher, we had fellowship. I'm sure for some of us, we will not even come to fellowship, isn't it? I said, isn't it? Uh, look at your neighbor. Say, I know it's not you. 
<laughs> Amen. You just suddenly, church or daddy, God, don't fail me today. You know, but I was not only present, I was the speaker. So I got in there and I preached, as we say it, I preached myself happy. You know, I preached and preached and preached. Uh, my associate, who you've met before, uh, Pastor Fumi Akonde was here. You know, he was there sitting in front, just sitting in front. And he was my senior in medical school. So he had asked about the results. He was at the teaching hospital. I was in the university side. So he had asked people about the results and they told him. You know, so he came, he sat there. I mean, the meeting went on. He watched me preach. I preached myself happy. And when we finished, <laughs> he then called me and said, He said, Man of God, how was it? I said, Fine, but I'll have to take the class again. He said, Yeah. <laughs> then he now confessed. He said, Actually, you know, I had actually been told. You know, he said, I'd been told before. I'd asked before I came, you know, and they had told me that you failed. He said, but when I got to fellowship and I watched you and you were preaching, he said, I, I said, it's not true. What they told me must be wrong. <laughs> he said, so now I'm asking you. I just said, I said, yeah, I have to take it again. He said, eh, ah, eh. <laughs> are, are you there? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Irrespective of what you are going through, irrespective, because if you think that you are going through something, believe me, it can be worse than that. Are you with me? And if you will lose your strength, definitely you are open for more trouble. How many of you understand what I'm saying? It, it can, yeah, one of the first ways that I see things is that, number one, it could have been worse than it is now. So when certain things happen to me, I remind myself it could have been worse. It could have been worse than this. You know, maybe you had a bad car accident. Bad the car is going to cost you, uh, I don't know, twenty-five thousand naira to fix, which you didn't plan for, which you didn't think about. I think to myself, I'm looking at the accident itself, and I'm thinking, what if I was actually uh, unconscious or something? Are you with me? Go to Proverbs 17. Proverbs 17. So, the, 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 what, what I'm trying to begin to get you to see is that this is nothing to toy around with. Are you there? This is something you can't toy around with. You can't afford it. You can't joke with this because the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is very important stuff. This is not something we're just saying, uh, just for saying sake. And the truth of the matter is this is how I live. Joy, I mean, if, even, even in our office, people know it, some, you know, and they, they will laugh about it. When people walk here in, in the morning and they greet me and you say, good morning. I said, you, you didn't smile. They say, I don't have to smile. I said, you have to smile. You have to smile. I said, you, you know what good morning actually is? Do you know what it is? I wish you a good morning. I said, so can somebody walk up to me in the morning? Good morning. I said, I don't believe you. <laughs> and they were, I said, I don't believe you. You are not smiling. So, and you wish me a good morning? No, sir. Take it. How many people are with me? You know, we, we, we need to understand certain things we do. You know what goodbye means? It means God be with you. That's what it's derived from. God be with you. 
Ah, you see, so you, if, I mean, maybe you've received a text from me before. When you see me write GBWU, you haven't. Okay. You, you, when I put GBWU, God be with you. That's goodbye. Are you there? So, some of these things that we say, they actually meant to carry a strong, deeper meaning. Proverbs 17. Are you getting anything tonight? Please look at your neighbor and say, what have you done with joy? Now, you know, some people also used to think that it was a virtue. You know, Christian religiosity and piosity. Abi, he's a very pious man. When his face is sober, and then they come to church. Say, holy, holy service. Holy service unto the Lord. You know, and back in the days, people, the more they frowned their face, uh, they are, you know, when you, what you call pencil trouser. You look like you are the one who killed Jesus who, and you are trying to repent. You get what I'm saying? That's holiness. That's, that's, that's holiness. That's how people felt it was like to serve God. But it was a total error. Are you with me? Please put your finger in, in Proverbs 17. We'll, we'll, come, we'll come to that. I need to show you a number of scriptures tonight. Is that okay? Uh, Why I'm showing it also is that I'm hoping that we can cure you. Is that fine? How many people want to be cured? You know, some people can't even laugh now in church. They can't even laugh. They say something funny. See, we're in church. We're in church. <laughs> we're in church. And some people, if they laugh, if they laugh, if they really smile well and laugh, they will have pain here. Pain. Because it doesn't happen. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't happen. It's a long time since there was any movement of those joints. And they really smile. They feel, ah, in church. You know what I, always say, what I always tell people? If you read Psalm 2, it says what? It came against the Lord and is anointed. What did the Bible say? He said, he that sits in the heaven shall laugh. Shall laugh. God laughs. Are you, are you hear what I'm saying? So you think, oh, we're in the presence. Presence. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then you don't know whose presence you are in. Are you there? Look at Psalm 100, 100. We're coming back to Proverbs 17. If I forget, remind me. Proverbs 17, we'll come back to that. Do not sorrow. That's our text. Nehemiah 8 and verse 10. Do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So, it's not, it's not any virtue to serve God with a long face or blah, blah. That's not virtue to God. Uh, because this is what God himself says. Look at verse 2, Psalm 100, verse 2. What did he say? Serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Serve the Lord with gladness. You know what I just remember? When we birthday party many years ago, uh, it was this friend's birthday party when the university and all of that, and people, you know, were singing, they were dancing. So somebody came to me. I said, ah, come and join us now and dance. I said, you are dancing. You are dancing. Souls are perishing. <laughs> and you are dancing. Yes, she was actually so shaking. <laughs> I started laughing. <laughs> you know, and then we had a song that we used to sing in those days, isn't it? Keep on laughing, you laugh. Keep on laughing, you laugh. Master Jesus is coming again. 
Keep on looking. I mean, anything at all that you use, keep on wearing your jeans. Keep on wearing. <laughs> Master Jesus is coming again. You know. So you think that that's how to serve God? Hmm? I didn't think it, but I, <laughs> I used to use it to terrorize people. Then when they, when they get shaking, I start laughing. <laughs> Hallelujah. So there are people who actually feel bad. Some who feel bad that they are celebrating anything at all. Souls are perishing. Souls are perishing. <laughs> if you celebrate, they will perish. If you don't, they will celebrate. Some will still perish. <laughs> Are you there? I mean, we are so winners, quite all right. And in fact, you can use your celebration to win them. In fact, the truth of the matter is this. That attracts more people than the sadness does. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, I know someone who actually joined the fellowship back then in those days. When, I mean, just came on campus, went around, and got to this fellowship and stayed there. Eventually became pastor of that fellowship before he left. And became one of the most, I mean if I can use that word, renowned, or whatever you want to call it, such a great blessing. You know, and he said, he, he went there and stayed at that fellowship because when he arrived, the usher was just fantastic. The way the usher smiled and welcomed him, he said it, just, he, 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 it was just too much. And he just said, I'm going to be worshipping here. Are, are you with me? You some other usher? Welcome. And you sit there, see? I see. <laughs> you know, so there, there are issues. The Bible here says what? Serve the Lord with gladness. Even if it is washing the toilet that you are doing, it ought to be with gladness. While you are doing it, you are singing. Hallelujah. Are you with me? That is very attractive. Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. You know, again, back in those days, um, like I said, I wasn't quite, um, except that when you talk to me, you know that this guy was always studying God's word, you know. But watching me from afar, people didn't even think I was born again when we got into the university. Uh, especially then I had a red shirt. I had this red shirt with a hood. You know, can you imagine that? A Christian. Eh? Born again? Are you there? <laughs> so I had a hood and then my bag I carried a knapsack ah, so the Sioux Christians you know Sioux Christians uh, the SU you know SU is a beauty it's not a but this one I saw Christians that they named them <laughs> SU you get what I'm saying so the, the, apparently I mean the person who gave me gist now it's my very good friend so he said ah in those days that you used to watch me I was just carrying my knapsack with my hood you know and I'm going ah he said, they just used to watch me, this, this guy, this guy. I'm bouncing. Ha, this guy. So one day they were doing prayer meeting. You know, they were doing prayer meeting in their room. And um, some people got very upset. They went to report them to the, what do you call those people? All blah, 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 you know, not wording. The wording doesn't stay there. It's those potters. They went to report them to the potters. They are disturbing us, blah, blah, blah. So the potters came there, you know, and stopped, broke up the prayer meeting and all of that. And the people had to come out of their room. So I also came out of my room, you know. And I just, when I came out, they had been talking a little bit. So when I came out, I just walked up to them. And I said to them, I said, don't worry. Everything will be fine. God will intervene for you. Things will work out right. You know, just don't worry yourself, blah, blah. And I turned and I walked away. The guy said, well, just look at me like this. 
As I turned and I was, he was looking. I guess I must have looked like the donkey, you know, that spoke <laughs> to the prophet because the guy was thinking, hey, this one, this who they talk. That is the one prophesying. You, you know what I'm talking about? Ah, but because people had a different impression of our God. But why is he saying? Deuteronomy 28. He's saying, Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I told you, I said, if you allow too much of the sorrow and all of that and you allow it to stay there, it makes you vulnerable. Okay? Verse 47. He said, What? Because. Can I hear you say because? So he's telling you why there will be a problem here, okay? Or why there is a problem. He said, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart. Deuteronomy 28, verse 47. He says, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything, therefore, what happens? You shall serve your enemies, whom the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness. And in need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. I like that. Wow. Sounds too much. I think it's easier to rejoice and serve with gladness. <laughs> I mean, it's an easier option. I choose that one. I choose joy. Are you there? I choose to serve him with joy. I choose to be joyful in the Lord always. Because the alternative is not good. Are you with me? It also gives me a sense that God is saying here, something is implied here, which is that my joy actually is an expression of my faith and gratitude in God at all times. And if I can express my faith and my gratitude in Him, then it's going to lead me to see what really could happen to me. That's your Duban Dutch translation, okay? Or how do you, what do you call it? The message is not, it's not actually a translation. It is a paraphrase. Okay? So the message Bible is a paraphrase, not a translation. Paraphrase means that the man wrote what his own interpretation of it. Okay? Translation means they actually try to translate each sentence as close as possible to what the original says. Okay? So when you have King James translation, uh, NIV translation, then you have the message Translation, but it's not a translation, it's a paraphrase. So, this one that I'm telling you now is an Odubanjo paraphrase. Okay? That if you do not express your joy, your faith, your love, and your gratitude to God by your gladness and serving Him with joy, then the alternative will, will take over. He's going to leave you and abandon you to see the alternative. Are you there? That's why I said it, it, it leaves you what? Vulnerable. Go to Proverbs 17. Proverbs 17. Now again, the things that we study in God's word are meant to be lived by. Are you there? So after tonight, it's not just to say, oh, that was a good word or something. It's that we actually work on ourselves to live like this. Rejoice always. And again, I say to you, rejoice. We ought to become like that. So like I said to you, that person said, don't look at this guy's face. You won't get it. You will never be able to tell if you are looking at this guy. Look at the other people. Don't look at this guy. Are you with me? Proverbs 17. Look at verse 22. It said what? A merry heart does good like what? Medicine. But a broken spirit dries the bones. It, you know, okay. 
so you are not in too much of a hurry. So we finish this. Is that okay? Can we finish it? Uh-huh. Okay. Because we are approaching 7.30. That's what I'm saying. So I like this clock tonight. It's my friend. God bless that clock. It's just 7 o'clock. Look at your neighbor. It's just 7 o'clock. Okay. So a merry heart does good like medicine. All of us know medicine. Okay. Uh, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Now, ordinarily in medicine, one of the, if, for instance, somebody is sick, he has an infection or something, uh, you give, what, antibiotics normally, bacterial infection, you give antibiotics. Now, in treatment, generally, there is something, you can have an infection of the bones. Okay? When you have that, they say the man has osteomyelitis. Now, those are more difficult to treat. Are you with me? I'm trying to explain to you from one angle now, okay? They are more difficult to treat. When the thing, the, usually is because there had been an infection anyway in that blood, and then, but when it's able to penetrate the bone and infect the bone, it's real difficult. That's real trouble. You have to give stronger drugs. You have to give for longer periods because penetration to the bone to be able to treat it is more difficult. Okay, number one. Number two is that actually it's almost like life is from the bone. Are you with me? What do I mean? Uh, We say what? Blood is life. Hmm? That blood itself, the production and and what... I'm breaking it down. The the production of blood, what you need, is from the marrow of the bone. Okay? So when the Bible begins to tell you that a broken spirit dries the bone, it's basically saying a broken spirit will kill you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It will go to the deepest part of you, the source of your life. It will kill you. It's nothing to joke about. It will kill you. Are you there? You know, um, like, even now, when, I mean, they had this outbreak and all of that, and I remember at the very beginning, when we looked at the, the world, they were trying to renovate, you know, to, for treatment of people with Ebola and blah, blah. And I said to them, I said, please put in your very best hair. You know, make this a fantastic word. Make it very lively. Put TV, put DSTV. Make it a very lively place. I said, because you, what, you, I mean, you're only supporting these people. What you need is for their body to actually fight back. Okay? And it will only fight back if the man himself is of high spirit. But if already you put him somewhere that he thinks, uh, and he gives up, then the chances that he will survive are very slim irrespective of your treatment. Are you with me? I went to one hospital in, uh, accident and emergency and the way it looked, dirty, stained, blah, blah, blah. So I was looking with somebody. I said, if I was very sick, you know, maybe I was unconscious and they wheeled me to this place. I said, at the door, when I look at the place, I will die. I said, when I see this place, I will just die. I said, because I look at it, I said, this one that looks like, uh, what do you call it, slaughterhouse for a ram. I said, by the time they bring me here, they, they have given up on me. That's why. So let me just do so quickly. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Why? Because a merry heart does good like medicine. But a broken spirit dries the bones. Back in the days, in, I mean, when I was in the hospital, in Ibadan, I had one of my senior colleagues who was telling me, he said, look, when they bring anybody, and I'm supposed to operate on her, and she begins to talk. Hey, doctor, I hope I will not die. Hey, doctor, I hope I will not die. He said, you know what? I find every excuse not to operate on that person. 
let somebody else do it, but I don't want to do it. He said, because I found out that most of the time such people die. He said, but when you are dealing with people, and even you, you are wondering that, hmm, this one is such a difficult situation, 50-50. He said, but you see the person is so upbeat and all of that. He said, usually they, they, they make it. Are you with me? A merry heart does good what? Like medicine. But a broken spirit dries the bones. Dries the bones. So let's, let's talk about the what? The thief of, of joy. The thief of joy. You know, again, a scripture comes to mind. Isaiah 12. Isaiah 12. Open Isaiah 12. You, you have said you have a little time and the clock says that we're just at three minutes to seven now. Okay? Never mind that we were at three minutes to seven five minutes ago. But we are still at three minutes to seven now. Huh? And I'm sure the women understand this process. Okay? Because uh, when they are 18, they are happy to be 18. They are 21, they are happy to be 21. They are 25, they are happy to be what? 25. 30, they are happy to be 30. They are 35. They are happy to be 25. <laughs> And then when they go what beyond uh, forty, they become ageless. <laughs> the men are fine, except that they begin to strip their hair. Uh, at that time, uh, they understand. They begin to, you know, again, it works the same way. The man is a teenager. He begins to rob. All kinds of things. This place. This place. You see, all the men know what I'm talking about. Oh, let all the men say, Amen. <laughs> he loves spirit, he loves all kinds of things. All over those places. One small corner, he'll be looking in the mirror. <laughs> eh? Then when he's, what? At about 40. And he's seen this white hair. He begins to scrape. He's clean shaving. Suddenly he's clean shaving. His head is bare. And all of that. He has become what? Ageless. <laughs> no, don't say I told you. Okay, just. Don't say I told you. Just, just. Okay, Isaiah 12. Are you there? Don't worry, as you are laughing, you'll be healed. Is that okay? Isaiah 12. Look at verse 3. It said what? Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Can we read that again together? Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So that sounds like all what we have been saying. Almost like a summary. Therefore, with joy, you will draw. Okay? How many people do you still, still deal with wells? How many people still draw? You still draw water from a well. So you know what? How many people have done it before? Good. So you know what we're talking about. So can you imagine you having the, I don't know what we call it, but call it Doro, the drawing bag. Uh-huh, Doro. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. So can you imagine you have that one and you have your well? Eh? But you also have what? Or you have the well, you need the water, but you have no Doro and rope. Or if you even wish you have the Doro, but you have no rope. Huh? You are still in trouble, aren't you? 
Uh-huh. So, the Bible is talking about the well of salvation. It contains many things. There's healing. There's deliverance. There's protection. Uh, there, there, there are all kinds of things in the well of salvation. But how do I get it out? How do I get it out? He said, with joy, you will draw. You will draw. So, again, it, it tells you why sometimes we're not getting what we need to be getting from God. Are you getting what I'm saying? We're not getting it because we can't draw. We can't draw. What we need is joy. We, listen, you can't pray a prayer of faith and be sorrowful. You can't pray of, a prayer of faith and be worried. You can't draw. You can't draw anything. You'll just be praying and praying, using up energy, but nothing is going to come out of, of the well. Are you still there? Because it's with joy that you draw. It's with joy that you draw. It's with joy that you draw from the wells of salvation. Hallelujah. You know, that's why if you read Romans 15. Now, okay, I'm trying to be nice. Romans 15. It says, What may the God of peace fill you with all joy and hope in believing? Okay, with all joy and hope in believing. Of course, we know without faith you can't receive anything from God. Are you still there? So, and, and one of the signs of it is that joy. So that joy and faith work together. Nobody believes God and is sad. Then why are you sad if you believe God? Okay, so when somebody says, oh, hey, that situation. Well, I trust, I trust God, sir. Hmm. I'm thinking, really, you do? Because if you do, you won't be sad. Are you with me? Once you really trust God, things change. It looks... Listen, because it says what, whatsoever you, you desire, or rather, when you... I mean, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not die in your heart, but shall believe that those things that you say, Mark eleven twenty three shall be done, it shall be done unto you. It says, therefore, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it now, and you shall have it then. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Believe you receive it now, and you shall have it then. What that means is this. If I already believe that I receive it now, I would be as calm and joyful as I would be then. Are you with me? So there are things that happen that sometimes people are expecting me to be so excited about, but I'm not excited anymore now. I am already, I've already been excited since. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I've already rejoiced when I prayed about it because I already believed that I received it then. So my joy was already full. Are you getting me? So my seeing it is just, I've already entered that state from the time that I prayed. Are you still there? Okay, so the tips of joy. Bitterness. Unforgiveness. Luke 15. Okay? Luke 15 the, from verse, what, 11, 17. Uh, that's the prodigal son. Okay? The prodigal son, we, know, we all know the story, came and said, Father, divide unto me what? The, my own portion. Okay? And he got what he wanted to get. He said, I can't wait for you to die. This Baba has refused to die. He's uh, 80, 100, 90. He's not dying. He says, So Baba, give me my portion now. So Baba gave him his portion and he left, went away, lived the riotous lifestyle, wasted everything that he got. And then when he had lost everything, he came back. And when his father saw him afar off, the Bible says he ran to meet him, brought him in. And he was still saying, look, father, I've seen, uh, make me like one of your servants. Because even your servants now are enjoying better than me. Make me like one of your servants. But the father took him back and said, ah, uh, uh, and then said, go and kill the fatted ram. There was a party. The man said, because my son that was lost has come back. The elder brother who was there on the farm walking and all of that heard all of the noise of the parting. And he asked one of the servants, I said, what's going on? They said, your brother who was lost has come back. And the guy was so upset. And the father came to meet him and he said to him, "Ah, look, I've been here with you since. You have not killed anything for me. 
See that naughty boy, useless boy, silly boy, idiotic boy that has come back, you have gone to kill the fatted cow. And the father made a profound statement. He said, you have been with me since and all that I have is yours. You know what that meant? Boy, you could have thrown a party every single day. You could have been killing the fat, a fatted cow and the next fatted calf and the next fatted calf and the next fatted calf. You could have been having a party every single day because all that I have was yours. Why couldn't you see it? Bitterness. Are you with me? So the other brother <laughs> suffered <laughs> because he was a bitter guy. He took life seriously. <laughs> Are you still with me, anybody? <laughs> he took life very seriously. <laughs> but was passing him by. Hmm? Number two, thief. Worry and anxiety. Worry and anxiety. You know, people, they are expert warriors. People who have a PhD in worrying. They can teach you how to worry. You know, you say you, you are not even thinking. You are not even thinking. You don't, can't you see? Can't you see your life? Your life. Your life is passing. Eh? You know you don't understand the meaning of this thing that is going on. They are expert warriors. And some are so good at worrying that they worry that they have nothing to worry about. You know what I'm talking about. So when things are going so well, hey, they say, we need to be careful. Everything has been going fine. There has been no trouble. Something, hey, hmm, hmm. Hey, we just pray, oh, hmm. Hey, bro, let us fast, oh. Everything has been too good these days. There has been no challenge. Hey, bro. Hmm. <laughs> huh? But they are worrying that there is nothing to worry about. For Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says what? Be anxious for nothing. But in all things through prayer and supplication, make your request known to God with thanksgiving. Hmm? And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind. So, anxiety, uh, fear. Some people are worried so much about the future. That they can't enjoy the present. Are you with me? They can't enjoy the present. Where will I even ever get money for a car? Ah, oh boy. And they sit there, they worry, 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 worry. They, some even, they sit there and say, hey, hey, the way this country is going on. Hmm. In 10 years. Hmm. Hmm. I hope I'll even be able to afford yam. I hope it's not just a bar will be eating in this house. Where is the about now and the yam? And enjoy yourself. You are still worrying, 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 worrying about 10 years' time, the way the country is going? Are you still there? I said, are you there? Okay, so very quickly, let's wrap it, let's wrap it up. How do I stir up the joy of the Lord? I'm using the word stir it up because there will always be tips of joy, like I said. Trying to steal that joy away. So how do I stir it up and ensure it's stirred up? I'm stirred up. I'm stirred up. I'm stirred up. I'm always joyful. Number one, spend quality time in God's presence. Spend quality time in God's presence. In prayer, in worship. Spend quality time in God's presence. I use the word quality on purpose, not necessarily quantity, but quality. Are you there? Meaning you actually, you, you know you can be there for one hour, but while you are praying, like they said, my spirit is praying, my understanding 
is unfruitful. So the understanding has gone to the market. Hmm? The spirit is praying on the papa papa but the understanding has sorted out the tomato, the pepper, the aha, uh-huh, and then I will cook. I will cook jollof rice. I will cook a foreign roll. I will cook a stew, fish stew. You know, and the, the understanding went all over the place. After I finished from there, the understanding went out to, to, to work. The understanding returned, and the spirit is praying. Are you with me? So it's quality time in God's presence. The beauty of it is this, is that you can actually enjoy that all day long. But like you and I know, Psalm 16 and verse 11 tells us a deep secret. It says, in the presence of the Lord there is what? Fullness of joy. Can I hear you say fullness? <laughs> in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy. One of the things you will enjoy if you learn how to spend quality time in God's presence is that you will find that the weight of life will not weigh you down. Are you with me? It won't weigh you down. You, I'm not saying you have issues and things in your life, but I'm saying that there's something, you have a strength, an inner strength, an inner peace, an inner joy that passes all understanding. Are you there? Why? Because in the presence of the Lord, Psalm 16:11, there is fullness of joy. And at His right hand, there are what? Pleasures evermore. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Jesus was speaking. And he said what? He said in the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So how does that occur to me always? If, is, is if I keep enjoying his presence that says lo, I am with you always. Paul was right and he said what? I will not fear, it says for, I will say what, the Lord is my strength and I will not fear what man can do unto me. So, when we are conscious of the presence of the Lord, the weight of life cannot get on you. Thanks for listening to this message. Hopefully, you have picked something practical to apply for victorious living. If you loved this, then please send a message to admin at totalword.org or 90 9330-3227 to let us know how this has blessed you. Also, head on to www.totalword.org slash podcast to listen to more. Stay blessed and refreshed till next time. God bless you.